Awesome. Welcome to Trainer's Lab. I'm Blake, and I'm here with Miz, and we're here to kind of just kick it and talk some really good remote coaching stuff. We exist as Trainer's Lab for the, the mission of dissecting the elements of accelerated remote coaching careers. So in other words, we really want to help the, the beginner remote coaching client who wants to either – they just graduated from college and they have this awesome degree and a lot of knowledge and they want to figure out their first client – or like you are someone who's been on the floor for many years, as Ms. and I both have, and you want to make the switch. So we're here for you. We want to provide information, and we want to help. So today what we're going to talk about, our topic is really about that client who's been with you for a while, awesome client, but they have fallen off the wagon, and they are just having a really hard time getting anything done. And you have they've ghosted you, but somehow they have not canceled their subscription to you quite yet. So you're perplexed, you're a little scared to lose the money, you're not sure what to do, what do you do, what, how, if, Ms., have you experienced this? I'm sure you have. Um, I've definitely experienced this, and I'm always surprised, too, uh, how a lot of those people do stick around um, and ways that I have kind of learned to uh, get them reengaged. So I'll let you kick it off first, just maybe tell a little story for us of a couple that have happened, you don't have to say any names. But um, and then ways kind of like how you learn principles to kind of get those people back and engaged in the mission of why they hired you in the first place. Yeah, um, there is this guy I'm thinking of. He's a doctor. He was like a head doctor in his hospital or whatever. Lived a very busy life. Had a beautiful family uh, and kids. He also loved spending time with and had the means at his disposal to like if he wanted to you know, hire a meal prep company, technically he could, right? Or he was building out a gym inside of his garage, for example. Now, this person would only work out about two to three times a week. That was kind of our thing. And it was very short, simple, um, nothing too crazy, designed to be able to handle with a crazy, insane workload. And here's another differentiating factor. He, ha he was a baseball coach with his kids. So like in baseball season, the dude was literally stand outside in heat after work, you know, like all, all evening or whatever, a lot of travel, things of that nature. So this is somebody who really was in like in line with my style of coaching, the philosophy, all of that. Right. There would be two to three days. Like, yes, he would hit it for maybe a couple of weeks, but a lot of times it was like most of the time he wasn't able to hit those workouts. And so it would cause this thing of like, like, all those emotions you mentioned, oh man, am I valuable? Is he, oh, should I stick around? Is he going to want me to stick around? Like, you know, how do I make this valuable to him again? And I found the couple factors with this person that also apply to a lot of other case studies in this type of scenario was a shift in lifestyle change, a shift in careers, a shift in personal responsibility, right? Uh, or a shift in maybe even finances, right? So a major shift that disrupted the lifestyle that he was living. When we first started talking and agreeing on this coaching stuff was shifting every few months because just of his schedule as you know, somebody who's a doctor in a hospital, you're on call. Okay. Now you add the element of you add kids into the mix and, Oh, now I'm helping them with baseball. They love baseball. These were all factors we didn't discover in, in day one. So mm. acknowledging that has been the first solve for me, which is like, 
when you start to see over a week, two weeks of just red and they haven't said anything to you, I like to disarm that message, like that interaction or feeling by being like, hey, look, totally normal. Like if you got busy, life got in the way. I see that you weren't able to hit some of the workouts, you know, in the last few weeks. Let me know how we can change or adapt this to, you know, match, you know, what's fun and easy for you to do right now. Mm-hmm. So that message alone would get a lot of people to respond back right away. Hey, sorry, I've been meaning to update you, but like, I just, you know, I haven't been able to, here's what's been going on. And I think that's step one for me, at least when this non-compliance happens or people go to you, it's not just like yelling at them or telling them, Hey, you right. said you were 80%. It's way, what's going on. And likely if it's something that I can help with, which a lot of those times, this is a, I would years later, I realized I needed to set this up in the expectations of the onboarding call where I would hammer home. Look, the circumstances we're starting with today are not the same as it will be three months or six months or a year from now. Life is going to change. You might, you know, this might happen. That might happen. And in those moments, it's going to become tough for you to really like stick to this, even though it's only two to three days. So I want you to feel open to come to me and be like, yo, I'm not having fun with this. Let's try to, you know, include one day that's pure fun or, Hey, these are too long and wiping me out for when I'm at the operating table with patients like, boom, I want to know that stuff. Right? So whatever that is, even if it's the fact that this guy thought, ah, man, I'm getting bored. Like it's not as fun. I want to know that. So that message gets them to invites them. Mm-hmm. to share with you like hey this is what's going on oftentimes with him busy with like with work and just life right that's really yeah. what got in the way and then really became about like how do we back this down one step at a time so instead of hey you need to hit a 30 minute workout maybe you go for a 30 minute walk right mm-hmm. that's what i was paid to do is help this person bring it down when needed to be brought down and make it doable and then challenge in a progressional way once I see that it's working. And so making it fun again is a big part of it. I I find when clients get bored or distracted, you finding out the information like, Hey, what, what movements do you want to do? What style do you want to see? And then actually take that feedback to heart. If it's like, if that's what you've diagnosed is the problem, which is, hey, this is not as engaging a year and a half later you know, as the CrossFit class I'm watching while mm. I'm doing this, you know? No, that's good. Yeah, I was just thinking a lot, a couple things that came to my mind. Um, I won't share stories, but I have had clients that have literally been non-compliant for probably six months before. Like I've had yeah. someone go that long and I've checked in. I did like weekly check-ins. And the key things I kept thinking that kept people around was using really um, uh, positive language. So like non-shame. There's a lot of shame, which is why people don't quit. There's a lot of shame that people come to a coach, uh, whether they can maybe always say that or not. Um, yeah. There, there can be. There not always is. But there can be a lot of shame there. And just being mindful of that, I think, helps you understand that the reason they're not quitting is because that would equal more shame, right? Because I remember asking my wife, I'm like, why why are these people still working with me? They're paying a lot of money, and they're not doing what I'm prescribing. It doesn't make sense. And my wife was like, well, if they quit, 
like it's the last they're they're hopeful that this is the next next week they're going to get back at it and it just keeps falling away more and more so using positive language that hey i'm here for you let me know if there's anything i can be doing and then giving like a couple maybe little solutions like would it be easier if i cut the workouts in half or made you an option like i've done options for people like option a is you get to the gym Option B is you do this little workout at your house that's a circuit bodyweight workout, right? Um, so I, like getting creative um, makes people feel appreciated and then they see your value. Um, but it also might just – it might allow them to have the freedom to say, I don't have to necessarily go to the gym to get moving again. Um, and then the second thing I thought of was I was listening to you is really like what you're, what the coach is trying to do with someone who's lost momentum is find – the easiest way to get momentum back, right? It's like a sporting event where it's like you just need that one play that kind of switches the tide in the air to be like going this direction versus that direction. And so sometimes it's as simple as, hey, I just need you to record that you did a 30-minute walk or we're just going to ride the bike 15 minutes today. And that clicking off and that accomplishment, you know, like on True Coach, it has like the little stars go up and you get the little trophy every time you hit complete on the workout. Like there's a dopamine effect for everyone that they got something accomplished today. I wrote everything off on my to-do list. And so if you make the to-do list just a little shorter – and you come behind them and you're positive and you're just trying to re- revamp it, that's where I found people to to kind of get more involved. I had a conversation with a guy last year who probably we got in our um, – I reached out to him for a consultation every month for about seven months, and we finally got on one, and he completely owned everything. He told me like, hey, I had this kid – I had a kid. My wife works. I work. Um, and then my uh, my in-laws had to move in with us, you know, and I didn't know any of that. Um and so he's got this awesome home gym. You know, he's got a membership where he can come into our gym if he wants to. Um, but he's just been working really, really late. And so we just said, hey, we're going to get three workouts a week. And one of those is just going to be a run. So, like, really just two of them is going to be you got to set stuff up, kind of warm up. But one of those workouts is just going to be a good run. And I want you to, you know, create some snacks at work so that you can have something on the way home so you can work out because the best time for you to work out is either first thing in the morning or right when you get home from work. And like like him hanging in there, he, he did a great – not everybody owns it. There are some – there are going to be some unhealthy clients that want to blame you for their lack of compliance. Uh, that's just people. We're in the people business, and <laughs> yeah. we're, you're going to deal with that. Um, but like most people want to own it and feel responsible for their own success or failure. Uh but that will really help the outcome if you can just communicate those things. And I, I'm just telling you, I've seen it happen so many times. So don't get discouraged when someone's not doing it. Don't get too used to copying and pasting every week. It's fine to do that a little bit. It's like, hey, you got to hit these workouts. But make sure you're communicating on top of that. Like, hey, I know you're missing some. That's all right. Just let me know if you need me to change it up a little bit and give them options on what you think might work for someone in a season where they're having a hard time getting to the gym. Um, but the, remember, it's always easier to keep a client than to find a new one. So, yeah. um, as frustrating as it can be to see someone not doing that, um, they're frustrated at themselves too. So remember that. And number two, um, there was a point where they were doing it and they wanted to do it. So you just got to find that spark to get them going. That's kind of part of your job as the coach. hundred percent. And remember when people reach out to me or you for coaching, they're normally, as excited as they will be about this. Like 
they're super excited about getting started. They envision this version of themselves when they pay you that, that invoice and there's this hope on the line. And so, yes, the first four weeks, they're hot. Everybody is doing great. You're compliant. Like they're having fun. But I think out like just displaying up front, like, look, this is a seasonal type thing. Like every season, the way you got to put away your summer clothes and bring out your winter clothes, maybe, or, you know, suit up a little bit. Like, we're going to do the same thing. There are going to be periods where work gets real busy for you, like paint live examples in the conversation of actual scenarios that they will run into. That way they'll remember like, oh yeah, he did say this was going to happen. Right. So now I'm not a bad person for this happening to me. I'm just, this is the process, right? And I, there's also this open bridge now for them to contact you when that is happening because you've made that like, look, this is a normal part of the process. You're going to get busy at work. Like you're going to fall off and I'm not going to expect you to hit a one RM back squat when you're crushing it at work that week. Like that's right. just not my style. Here's what is my style. And then now they're like, oh, I'm so glad you said that. Like I had this one coach once who just, man, he would go jog, you know, like David Goggins on me if I didn't hit all three of them for the week. Right. Like, so I think it just gives them permission. And if I was to say like, because the whole scenario we just discussed was, hey, they've kind of ghosted you for a while, like you said, for six months. And then you get that conversation. That's like getting that conversation, whether it's in the DMs or whatever, is the most valuable part, right? It is. And then after that, wouldn't you say that then it becomes about quelling any further fears and setting up the expectations for the next time maybe this happens, right? So when you do talk to this person, like th that client you just mentioned, six months later, hey, totally own it. Here's kind of what's, you know, what's been going on. Here's what I want to do, what I plan on doing, right? Because I've also had that and then they're super excited. I've been in that position. I've been excited to, you know, implement some of these new workouts or I'm going to go every day now. But you go, okay, cool. Well, how would you like me to maybe follow up with you um, in the case that, like, you know, things get really tough for you again? Like, is mm -hmm. it easiest for me to give you a call? Is it easier for me to shoot you a DM? Uh, and then you basically establish some sort of guideline. So you're like, hey, if I see red for, let's say, more than three days in a row in your true coach, I'm going to reach, I'm going to give you a call just to check in and make sure that there's nothing, you know, like I can tweak something on my end, um, to make it a little bit more doable for you. Right. That's great. So, yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm taking responsibility. Like, Hey, maybe I gave you something I misjudged as a coach and I gave you too much for your total threshold, but like, they're never going to say that a lot of clients won't say, Hey, you gave me too much. Like they're embarrassed or shameful to say that. So you have to like get ahead, yeah. I think, language and uh, <clears throat> make them feel like, hey, this person has been through this hundreds of times and they know this is their job. They know you're going to fall off. His job is to help me come back on. Right. And now you've got actual language if you've asked that question once you make contact where they go, hey, if this does happen again, you know, shoot me a text. Actually, I don't check my true coach that often, but here's my number. Shoot me a text and I'll, I'll let you know what's going on. Boom. Yeah. Now no, you've great. got some actionable steps of like, all right, it may still happen where they ghost you and don't respond. Right. But now at least you've done your part in figuring out what are the actionable steps and 
what am I going to do if this happens again? And if it does happen again, it gives you reason as a coach to be like, all right, well, what is it this time? Is it still too ambitious, too much, too much volume, too yeah. long? And then you can kind of problem solve from there. What do you think about yeah. that? No, I think that's, I think that's great. I think, um, a couple key things that were just kind of, I think there are themes that we've been talking about here are if you're in constant communication, typically this is already avoided, right? So like, you know, for me, like I make a, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday check-in where I respond to people's workouts for 30 minutes each one, each one of those days. And that way, like if people feel like I'm already on top of them three times a week, they usually don't fall off. So it's, it's usually the person I haven't talked to in a week. And then they just feel like they start to, it's almost like, no one's looking. Maybe I can kind of get away with not working out once or twice. Now it'll happen anyways. This isn't. That's not the end all be all. But like the other theme is just like making sure you have protocols to check in on people. Like you said, and true coach, when it gets red, that means I'm going to check in and I'm going to do things on my side, right? You always want to make people feel like you're not Planet Fitness. Not to throw them out there like that, but like right, the yeah. whole business model of that idea at a Globo Gym is really just to make sure that you're signed up. And then if you never show up, they don't care. We're the opposite yep. of that. We charge a high premium, right, for, for ours. But we do care if you actually get your stuff done and we're checking on you because that's a higher yeah. quality thing that you're paying for. Um, and it's an honest transaction in the sense that um, – not that theirs is not an honest transaction. I just want to preface that. But it's an honest transaction in that if – my service isn't meeting what you signed up for originally, then you're going to cancel it on me. Right. And so I need yeah. to make sure that I continue to help you seek after what you started for. So in, in a sense, always understanding your clients, why and why they want to start out with this and then help them kind of like either reevaluate that and get a new why or call them back to the why that they originally started with is huge. Right. And that goes back to the onboarding process, which we've talked about in other podcasts, but making sure that you understand why we're doing this. Cause at some point you've kind of lost your way and you're like, I don't even remember why I'm doing this anymore. Like, True. and there's nothing worse than like doing something that's not always pleasant exercise when you're not sure why you're doing it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We can all, I'm so glad you said that because it's like, I think about this all the time. Like I can tolerate a lot of discomfort but I need to know why I'm taught, like, why am I doing that? Yeah. What is this discomfort for, right? If it's aimless and pointless, then it's like, dude, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get uncomfortable and sweat and you know, <laughs> yeah. like I'm going to throw up. But yeah. when you do bring it in front of me, like, hey, you know, you're paying me as a coach almost to be this outside detached person from your life to observe you and give you feedback a year later, hey, you said this to me about wanting more focus, wanting more energy, wanting more of this. And then do you remember how this was a problem? Like six months later, then you had this issue with, you know, in-laws moved in, a lot more responsibility. You had a kid, all this stuff. And then we decided we were going to do this. So rarely, if you think about it, do I have a one-year timeline, even when I can think about my own fitness, like hmm, one year ago today is how I was thinking about this concept. But when you have a coach, they can recall back because we have notes, right? I used to write notes down all the time. Like, Hey, this is what they said they wanted. This is what was important. So you're almost this valuable person who's just capturing in real time in a yeah. non-biased way what's going on, which is valuable for someone to pay for. If that's a problem, they keep, 
you know, running into, which is I can't stay consistent with my workouts. I can't reach my health goals. And so you, I think as a new coach, especially the person listening to this, mm -hmm. you have a unique advantage compared to a lot of like more seasoned coaches with bigger rosters where some of the top coaches we know, people don't go for that to them for communication and like, they're going to get that. They go for that star factor a little bit, like oh, I'm going to yep. get the best program in the world. Now, your positioning, if you're a new coach, can be, look, I'm not Planet Fitness. You know, this. I, I'm not trying to make it like I'm going to actually care about you and check in on you and do all of these things that are actually a little bit hard to do consistently over a large group of people. But when you have, let's say, under 20, under 30, 40 people, you can really make that your thing. Like people will come to you if you're known as like this person just really cares. They check in. Yeah, I talk to them like once a week or once every yeah. other week. So figure out how to make these uh, areas that you can double down on, which is really customer service. Try to double down on that and make it a unique positioning point uh, in the market relative to other coaches. For sure. And, you know, with that, I, I you know, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but really making sure that you understand um, that communication and staying, you know, in good contact monthly, you know, having those monthly consultations and making sure you're doing that is going to be key to kind of the retention aspect and making sure you kind of see the things coming before they come. Right. A lot of times those signs will be there if someone who's already falling off. So, um, this is a really good kind of like leadway, and I'm not trying to get all salesy here. We've actually tried to make this extremely affordable, but um, Miz and I came up with trainerslabpod.com. Uh, we came up with a 101 consultations questions for coaches, and we try to make it really affordable, but this is a year's worth of consultation questions, and this will really help you. Um, we even have a whole month section on how to get back on track. Like we have a whole questionnaire that we've used. We use it with our clients um, to kind of think through how do we get you back on track? How do we set goals to do that? What's realistic? So head on over, check that out. And um, that's a resource we want to be helpful towards you um, and, and help expand your business and help you really just kind of be more professional and keep your clients happy and, uh, and thriving. So Ms. Anything you want to kind of conclude on? Yeah, this was a quick one, but, uh, a habit I realized I started implementing as my roster grew to prevent missed consults, because there will be people who miss those consults and the opportunities to check in with you every time. It's just, it's the law of numbers, but to prevent that, Anytime I was already on a consultation with that client who might be tough to get in touch with, I'd be like, cool, does same day, same time next month work for you? Like four weeks from now? Right. Here's what it looks like. And yeah. I would put them in and I would lock it in for them already so they didn't have to make the decision of like, oh, let me click and do this. So now it's just going to, hey, I locked it in. It's going to show up on your calendar and boom, they'll be reminded of it. I also eliminated a further step of having to do that type of admin uh, later on. I just did it on the call. And I would do that every with every client. So, okay, boom, I've had 15 consultations this week. I got 15 more set for next month and that's already blocked out. So anybody else trying to schedule, you know, that time is prioritized. Um, and so I don't know, that's a quick tip that when you're having trouble getting in touch with folks, set something up for the next time you're gonna see them I'll, you know, uh, and that, that hopefully will, uh, get it back into a rhythm, but I That's love everything good. you said, Blake. I think this was a great topic to, uh, dissect. I know we'll be back, uh, and, and probably digging deeper into this in the future, but 
As Blake mentioned, head over to trainerslabpod.com. Check out our 101 consultation questions for coaches. Um, it's something we both wish we had, I think, on day one when we were starting yeah. out. So yes, uh, we're happy to sure. finally put it out there and make it accessible. Yeah, man. Hey, guys, have a great one. We're signing off, but um, you know, any more content or, or questions, DM us. We're here, and we want to make sure that we uh, we respond and help you guys out. Thanks for hanging out. See you next time. See ya.